Welcome to our Frontline City Church podcast. This message will activate and inspire you in the supernatural love of God to find your purpose and reach your destiny through Christ. God has got a destiny for each one of you. This is not in my sermon notes. You are called, you are chosen. And sometimes in life we get derailed by people, by circumstances, by pastors, by churches, by things going wrong. But you are yet today because God wants to remind you that you are loved. That he loves you passionately and he wants to walk with you and get to know you and to let you get to know him in a way that you've never known him before. You see, Christianity... Everything that we do is about the person of Jesus Christ. It's not about church. It's not about religion. Church and religion is going to disappoint you. It will let you down. But when you refocus on the person of Jesus Christ, everything changes. Everything changes. So we're coming up now to Ascension Day. And between the crucifixion and ascension day, Jesus Christ had risen from the dead. And he was seen many, many times. So I was thinking, how do we know he rose from the dead? What is the evidence that Jesus Christ actually rose from the dead? You see, we base our whole Christianity on the fact that he rose from the dead. So we'll say, oh, I feel him, and you do feel him. You know him. You get to know him from here to a heart thing. When you ask Jesus Christ into your life, things change. And you get to know him from the religious point of view to a point of, I can't explain it. It's difficult to put into words, but I know him. He's come in and he's changed me and he set me free. So... I want to take you on this journey, and I just want to some of the things that point to the evidence of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Okay? Number one, the empty tomb with no dead body ever produced. They couldn't ever find a dead body. So now you might think, I know the way some of you think, because that's what I would think, okay? Okay, somebody stole him. But listen to this. The Romans had rolled a huge stone in front of this. But now this is not just any little stone. You know those little stones that roll so easily? This was massive. It took a lot of people to do this. Okay? They made sure that Jesus was dead on the cross. They took a spear and they stabbed him. Okay? They pierced his side. So when they placed the stone over the tomb... The Roman uh, uh, soldiers put a seal over the stone so that it couldn't be moved. If that seal was broken, whoever broke that seal would be hunted down and killed. All right. So there was that number one thing there. Secondly, the Roman soldiers that guarded the tomb were 16 men. Okay, And these men were governed by very strict rules. Each Roman soldier was responsible for six square meters that he had to stand guard. All right? 
They could not sit down or lean against anything while they were on duty. They had to stand. All right? Listen to this now. If a guard member fell asleep, he was beaten and burnt with his own clothes. Okay? But he was not the only one that got executed. The entire 16-man unit was killed, executed, if one of them fell asleep. So what happened when the soldiers fell asleep and the stone was rolled away was a supernatural act by God. Okay, have you all got that? Hold your hand up, number one. All right. And this is documented. This is historically documented. It's not just Bible documented. Historically documented. Number two, female witness account. Now you think, oh, what's this got to do? Listen to this. In those days, say with me, those days, days. women were viewed as an invalid testimony. Okay? And they were not allowed in legal proceedings. However, Jesus Christ appeared to Mary Magdalene. And her testimony was so valid and so accurate that the people around had no other option but to record her witness as a testimony for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's powerful. Okay. The third thing, the apostles acted very determined. When the crucifixion happened, they all hid. They were cowards. They went to hide in the upper room. They were scared. And then the Holy Spirit came upon them. But before the Holy Spirit came upon, they had an encounter with the risen Christ. Amen. Amen. After seeing Jesus alive, they quit their hiding. And they acted with courage because of the certainty that their Jesus had actually defeated death. So the disciples encountered him. James, the brother of Jesus. For his whole life, James, the brother of Jesus, was actually very skeptical, refusing to believe. After the resurrection, James was willing to be stoned because he confessed Jesus Christ had risen. And he confessed Jesus Christ as his Lord. That's an incredible witness statement. Then in 1 Corinthians 15, it says, A large crowd of more than 500 eyewitnesses saw the risen Christ at the same time. There were people in those days from all walks of life, not just the Christians. Um, And historical writings from the Greeks and the Romans, unbelievers, all confirmed to having seen the resurrected Christ. Those things count. There's more evidence about that that than the, about the risen Christ than Napoleon Bonaparte ever lived. So as of you know history, okay? This is exciting. One of the other things, you know, in the burial chamber, when they buried them in those days, and Jesus was buried with a cloth around him and special herbs and... Uh, incense and stuff to preserve him. 
when the, the grave was open and they'd gone in and had seen the empty tomb, they saw the robes, the, the, the cloths that they'd wrapped Jesus in, and the spices and everything were there. If somebody had tried to steal the body of Christ, they wouldn't leave the spices behind because they were worth a lot of money. So it just defied all logic. Those things were left behind neatly because he had actually risen out of them. Amen. Is this good stuff, family? Saul. Saul of Tarsus. His mission was to destroy the Christians. He sincerely believed that the Christians were wrong and that they were speaking nonsense. And then one day, along the road to Damascus, he encountered the risen Christ. Hey? And he became a Christian. And he endured five floggings with a cat on nine tails. All right. Three beatings, three shipwrecks, uh, shipwrecks a stoning, poverty, years of ridicule. All kinds of things happened to him. And he was prepared for it because he had encountered the living Christ. Amen. Next thing. People... Don't die for a lie. Numerous people over the years have died for Jesus, believing for certain that the resu- of, of the resurrection of Christ as a fact. Okay? Almost all the apostles died horrific deaths. Hundreds died in the Roman prisons for their faith. Throughout time, thousands and thousands of people have died. Because they believe that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. I want to tell you something. If you are being tortured to death, the human nature would be to say, okay, let me just stop this. Let me just lie about this. Let me just say, uh, okay, I accept maybe Jesus didn't rise from the dead. But each one of these people have a conviction in their heart because they encountered for themselves the risen Christ. I think that's pretty awesome. No one would ever die for a lie. Would you? Okay. So now I'm going to take you on the journey of two of the disciples that encountered Jesus. I love this story. It just means so much to me. And I think sometimes when we're going through issues, we we need to listen to the story again and... um, just allow Jesus to reveal himself to us again because we lose track sometimes. So life happens and so much stuff and we need to just refocus. So I want to read to you from Luke 24 and I'm reading from the, the Passion Translation. I'm starting at verse 13. Now remember, um, Jesus has died and there's now been reports that he's risen from the grave, but the people aren't sure yet. The disciples aren't sure yet. Later that same day, two of Jesus' disciples were walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus, a journey of about 17 miles. They were in the midst of a discussion about all the events of the last few days when Jesus walked up and accompanied them in their journey. They were unaware that it was actually Jesus walking beside them, for God prevented them from recognizing him. You know, 
I don't believe that God literally put his hand over them. But I think what happened is they were so caught up in the trouble, they couldn't see Jesus Christ was actually walking next to them. Sort of like a lot of us nowadays. Okay. Verse 17. Jesus said to them, you seem to be in deep discussion about something. What are you talking about so sad and so gloomy? Sometimes, isn't that you? When things don't work out and you sit and tell your friend or your spouse or somebody how bad things are and who did you wrong and why it's not fair and how come your business failed and you forget who's actually walking with you. So Jesus is clever. He says to them, you seem to be in deep discussion about something. What are you talking about so sad and gloomy? As if Jesus doesn't know. But he's got a, listen, Jesus has got a sense of humor. You know, he's got a plan in the midst of chaos. They stopped and the one named Cleopas answered, haven't you heard? Aren't you, are you the only one unaware of the things that have happened in the last days? And Jesus acts ignorant. He says, what things? Can you see him doing that? I can. And then they replied, like, I can see them thinking, what's this guy? Doesn't he know all the drama that's going on? It's sort of like us sometimes. How can Jesus not know what's going on? Jesus, how come? And so they said, the things about Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they replied. He was a mighty prophet of God who performed miracles and wonders. His words were powerful and he had great favor with God and with the people. But three days ago, the high priest and the rulers of the people sentenced him to death and had him crucified. We'd all hoped that he would be the one who would redeem and rescue Israel. Every one of us have had hope. Sometimes that, he, that God will do some quick magic thing and rescue us out of our situations. Quick fixes. Early this morning, some of the women informed us of something amazing. They said they went to the tomb and found it empty. They claimed two angels appeared and told them that Jesus is now alive. Some of us went to see for ourselves and found the tomb exactly as the woman had said. But no one has seen him, just the woman. They were so caught up, these disciples, in their despair that they couldn't see Jesus. Their dreams, their lives, their hopes were destroyed. Some of you have had your dreams destroyed. Some of you have had your hopes destroyed. They felt ashamed. They were confused and hopeless. They felt scared for the future. What's going to happen? You must understand, these guys have given their all. They trusted and believed Jesus. They believed that he was going to make a way for them. They left their jobs, their substance, their source of survival to follow Jesus. Because Jesus, you called me, you said, and now he's dead. He's gone. 
Can you picture the confusion? Can you picture the concern, the fear? What happens if they come after us? What happens if we get killed? Jesus, how could you do this? How could you let me down? How could you betray me, Jesus? I thought you'd said. I thought you'd promised. I've been there. I've been in that place where I got so mad at God. Even recently, we faced incredible challenges in the last year with our business. And we lost an 8 million rand contract with two lines in an email. And things have been very, very interesting. And I got mad at God. I'm being open. Can I be open and honest with you? I said, God, you promised me we wouldn't go bankrupt again. I've been bankrupt three times. Where are you in this, God? I don't understand. Where are you in this, God? I don't know what's going to happen. But something I have learned in the last while again. You'd think you'd know by now and you'd have learned the lessons. But every now and then we've just got to stop. And we've got to be honest with Jesus and tell it to him exactly like we are feeling. He knows. He's not surprised. Stop being religious to Jesus. He sees past all the fancy language and the these and the thous. He wants you to be real with him. And if you need to be mad, it sounds disrespectful, but it's not. You can be mad. I was mad at Jesus. I was angry. And in that, somewhere along the line, in my talking to Jesus and telling him what I feel and what I see and what I think, my eyes opened and I encountered him again. And it's when you encounter the person of Jesus Christ amidst your situation that everything changes. You see, the Bible speaks about the things that we are going through is only temporary. But some of us park and live in the temporary. We decide this is where I'm staying. Woe is me. I am being dictated to for the rest of my life about a situation that has happened now. Or I'm still being dictated to about a situation that happened last year or five years or 10 or 20 or 30 years ago. Family, it's time to see who's walking with you. It's time to open your eyes and see there's one that loves you and is walking with you. Amen. Let's carry on. Luke 24, verse 25. Jesus answered them. I love this. Why are you so thick-headed? Why do you find it so hard to believe every word the prophets have spoken? I'm asking you, family, why are we sometimes so thick-headed? We're so quick to forget the promises that God spoke to us in our hearts. We're so quick to forget the word that he gave us. Circumstances raise their heads and we think, get it drowned. And then you think, okay, if I pray this instant prayer, then it'll be better by tomorrow. And sometimes tomorrow it's not better. Oh, God, this Christianity doesn't work. 
I'm giving up on God, not coming back to church. And I'm making light of it. But these are real issues we face that tear our hearts and souls apart. But I want to tell you this. Jesus says to you, come on, guys. But now you should know who I am. Don't be so thick-headed. You know my word. You know my word. Believe every word the prophets have spoken. Believe the words that God has spoken to you. And then he says, he starts talking to them. Wasn't it necessary for the Messiah to experience all these sufferings and afterwards to enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he carefully unveiled to them the revelation of himself through the scriptures. What Jesus was doing here to the disciples, he was saying to them, refocus. Say with me, refocus. Refocus. Look at who I am. That's what Jesus is saying. He's telling them, he's reminding them, look at who I am. I am who I am. I am the beginning and the end. I am the one that fulfills every single promise. Refocus on the person of Jesus Christ. Don't focus on the people that let you down or where you got stabbed in the back or betrayed or your business went down or you're facing eviction or you're facing a loss of job. Refocus on the person of Jesus Christ. As they approached the village, Jesus walked on ahead, telling them he was going to a distant place. They urged him to remain there with him and pleaded, stay with us. It will be dark soon. So Jesus went with them into the village. Joining them at the table for supper, he took bread and blessed it and broke it. Then he gave it to them. All at once, their eyes were opened and they realized that he was Jesus. And suddenly in a flash, Jesus vanished before their eyes. I want to tell you, Jesus is with you. Stunned, they look at each other and said, why didn't we recognize him? Didn't our hearts burn with the flames of holy passion while we walked beside him? He unveiled for us such profound revelations from the scriptures. You see, herein lies the key. Go back to the word of God for yourself. Say with me, I'm going back to the Word of God for myself. You see, it's when we read the Word, it it reveals to us how faithful Jesus is. When we read the Word, we can refocus on His promises, on who He is. And when you spend time with Him, when you allow His Word to just saturate your soul, something begins to change. Your heart begins to burn within you. And you begin to know that Jesus Christ is alive and He's for me and He's not against me and He will uphold my cause. Come on, guys. It's time we get rid of the unbelief. It's time we get over ourselves, as I always say. It's time to refocus. Our Jesus is risen. Family, listen to this. Our Jesus is risen. 
He's not little some wussy hanging on a cross. He is a mighty conquering king. And he walks with us. And he talks with us. And he wants us to talk back to him and refocus on him. And all at once, our hearts burned within us. You know, sometimes when even us as pastors, we, we, we human, we have our speed wobbles. And a while ago, a couple of us pastors got together from other churches and we were talking and just sharing our hearts and the challenges. And then we began just bringing up the word and discussing the word. And the atmosphere began to change. The very atoms of the air began to shift. And the presence of God began to come down. And it was suddenly, it was after 12 o'clock and we were worshipping together. We started out with a bit of a fun evening, a bit of an open chatting, just for a bit of fellowship, you know. But by the end of the evening, the mighty risen Jesus had walked into that room. And his presence was tangible. And I want to tell you, he wants to meet with each one of you like that. He wants to reveal himself to you. You've just got to take the time. Get over yourself and refocus on who he is and what he's actually promised you. Amen? Amen. He's faithful. He's faithful. We sang this song. All my days, you've been faithful. That is who he is. And sometimes when we don't know anything else, we sing this song. I've got it printed out in my office. And there's been days, you can ask the staff, you, you can ask them, that I just sit there and I sing the same chorus over and over and over again. And probably as off-key as you get. But I want to tell you, by the time I've sung it 10, 15 times, I begin to change. Because my eyes begin to open. And I sing it and I put my hand out. I said, Lord, all the days of my life, you've been faithful. With every breath I have, you're faithful. You won't, you won't let me down. And I want to tell each one of you, no matter what you are going through, there's a Jesus Christ that is faithful to you. We've got to open up our eyes and realize who's walking next to us. He's with you. He's not going to leave you or abandon you in the storm. He wants all of you. So be real with him. Talk to him like it is. He's not interested in ease and graces. He talked pretty real to the disciples. eh? Why are you so thick-headed? I love it. I love it. Let's be real with Jesus. Mm. And then... You know, on the road, the, the story is called The Road to Emmaus. And it was for me interesting that they spoke about on this journey past Emmaus or to Emmaus, they said there, our hearts burnt within us. But significantly, Emmaus, that, that area was a place of burning hot springs. So it was symbolic in the natural as, as, as well as in the spiritual Amen. that the presence of God is there. God wants to journey with you. He wants to bathe you in his living water, warm living water of his Holy Spirit. And your hearts are going to burn within you because he wants to encounter you with who he is. Amen. Amen. They left at once and hurried back to Jerusalem to tell the other disciples that 
when, and when they'd found the other 11 disciples and all the others together, they said, it's really true. The Lord has risen from the dead. He even appeared to Peter. Then the two disciples told the others what had happened to them on the road to Emmaus and how Jesus had unveiled himself in, when, in the breaking of bread. Wednesday evening, we're going to be celebrating Ascension Day. When Jesus went up to heaven, we're going to be breaking bread. Come on, guys. Jesus is going to reveal himself to you within your situation. Be prepared. Wednesday is going to be epic. While they were still discussing this, Jesus suddenly appeared right in front of their eyes. Startled and terrified, the disciples were convinced they were seeing a ghost. Standing there among them, he said, Be at peace. I am the living God. Don't be afraid. Why are you so frightened? Don't let doubt enter your heart. And I'm speaking to somebody here today. Why are you so frightened about tomorrow? Why are you so frightened about your future? Why are you so frightened that you're going to be alone for the rest of your life? Why are you so frightened for your children? Why are you so frightened for your finances? Why are you so frightened for your old age? Why are you so frightened for the new challenges that lies out there? You're not going to be alone. He's walking right next to you. All you have to do is talk to him and be real and reach out your hand and say, Jesus, I believe. Right now, everybody in this world, reach out your hand. I believe. I believe, Jesus. I believe. I believe. Come on now. This is a powerful word. And then he, he, he told them, See my pierced hands and feet, see for yourself. It is I standing here. Touch me and know that my wounds are real. Okay? And he let them feel him. And then they were still uncertain. And he said, okay, bring me some food. A ghost doesn't eat food. And he ate some food with him. And then he said to them, don't you remember the words that I spoke to you when I was still with you? Don't you remember the words that God spoke to you? When he called you. Don't you remember the words that God spoke to you the first time you encountered him? Do you remember what he said to you? Right now. Close your eyes. Can you remember? Jesus is asking you. Don't you remember the words that I spoke to you when I was still with you? When I called you? Come on. Then he carries on. I told you that I will fulfill everything written about me, including the prophecies from the law of Moses through Psalms and the writings of the prophets. Jesus promises he will fulfill everything he said he would. And he's not a man that he should lie. Has he not said it? And will he not do it? And then verse 45 says, he supernaturally unlocked their understanding to receive the revelation of the scriptures. So Father, right now, I pray for supernatural unlocking of people's minds and hearts. That they will see that Jesus has never forsaken them. That Jesus has never actually left them. That he's walking with them. That he loves them. 
regardless of whether they failed him or not, regardless of their belief or unbelief. I'd like the worship team to come up, and I want us to do that song, that faithful song, that one that we last one we sang. God, you're faithful. With Jesus today, there's going to be a supernatural unlocking of your minds so that you can believe in him again. So what have you got to do? We've got to repent of unbelief. I want everybody just to stand. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I repent of unbelief. I repent that I thought you had forsaken me. Okay. I choose to believe that you are the risen king. That you are my risen king. And I declare, Lord Jesus, that your every promise to me is still true. In Jesus' name, I want to say to you, hallelujah. Now, do you feel him? Can you feel him? He's got you. I want to tell you there is hope. He has a purpose for you. He will bring you through. He will do what he says he will do. This is not the end. You are only beginning a new walk today. It's time to run into your destiny. It's time to stop running. It's time to take up your calling and say, Here I am, God. I choose to believe no matter what. And as we sing this song again, I want you to give your all to Jesus. Sing it with everything you got into you, in you. And as you sing it, you sing it to Him because He's right here. He's right here. Whether you feel Him or not, He is right here. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed today's message. Our services are streamed live on our Facebook page every Sunday morning at 9.30. For more information and resources, please go to our website www.frontlinecitychurch.co.za or look us up on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube.